You're listening to the weekly podcast of Cayo, the youth ministry of the Father's House in Owensboro, Kentucky. Cayo is a healthy home for teens who are loved like family as sons and daughters that embrace their kingdom identity and purpose to change the world. At Cayo, your home. Father, I thank you. You're good, you're holy, you're awesome, and you're mighty. Lord, you've come to speak to us. You've come for us to encounter you. Lord, I would get out of I want to get out of my way and let you just have your way. I invite you here to do whatever you want in our lives, in our presence, in this place. I'm so excited to be back, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. So looking back on 2022, I've realized that we this is our 14th year as Kayo. I think Caitlin Gunderson in the back. She used to be a student in this ministry. When it was renamed Cayo, it used to be called Crossroads. And on the outside of this building, it said the Crossroads Cafe. I remember driving on the bypass, wondering, I wonder if I can get a sandwich there. Yeah, I was really disappointed to find out that it wasn't. Yeah, I did call and ask. (laughs) That you couldn't get a sandwich. There was no lunch here. It was a youth ministry. I was like, okay, they need to take cafe off the sign. Thank goodness. So I know other people that have told me the exact same thing. Oh, that came by for lunch, and there's no way to eat lunch. Anyway, so you can't. You guys, we have a cafe now. Hallelujah, but it's not outside. But we've been around 14 years. One of my best friends in ministry was a youth pastor here. In fact, it was Caitlin's youth pastor deep ago. So here's the thing, not that deep. She's not that old. So the thing is, Kyle's been around for a little bit. And looking back into 2022, I hate New Year's. I'm just going to call it out. I wanted to be nice about it. I thought about softening the blow of the words. But 20, I hate New Year's. Yeah, I said it. It's a fake holiday. Super Bowl, real holiday for men. Ladies, you get Valentine's Day. We get the Super Bowl. It's just the facts. <laughs> Now, Valentine's Day is made up too. We'll talk about that later. Hey, anyway, so for many, many years, I hated New Year's. I'll be as, I remember one New Year's. I remember back when you rented physical movies. What is that? They still have a red box, but you rented physical movies. I remember planning this big New Year's with my best friend, Alan, and all of my brothers and all of their friends. And I remember watching this movie, and my stomach started rumbling. Oh, and I began to lay on the couch. I began to curl up like a little baby. Oh, you guys ever felt this way when you're sick? Anybody over there? Oh. Who has actually felt that way? You got half the room's lying. You guys are pooping your brains out in the toilet somewhere in the course of your life. And if you haven't, it's going to happen. Pastor Gerald just said, poop your brains out. I'm sorry. It was that bad. And not only was it that bad, I got some stomach bug, and not only that, but then I got my whole family sick. And then my best friend, he went home and got his family sick. And then their family, I'm telling you, this is like the worst New Year's story. Everybody got the stomach bug in like four different families. It could have been more, I'm not really sure. We didn't really trace it back that far. Pastor Darrell, what's this have to do with Jesus, Kyle, and poop? doesn't have anything to do with it at all. 
But I used to hate I used to hate New Year's for that reason. I used to hate New Year's because I'd make these resolutions and then never follow through. Anybody in here actually make New Year's resolutions this year? Anybody? One. So God changed my heart. Praise God. He changed my heart towards the whole New Year's thing. I don't dread New Year's. In fact, I don't really hate it anymore. But for years, I hated it. In fact, I thought it was pointless. You can ask my wife, Tricia. I even told her. I said, I got a confession to make. I just don't like New Year's. It's okay. It's fine. But I'm like, uh, what are we really celebrating? It's the end of one year. It's a calendar day. It's like tomorrow we're going to wake up and it's Thursday. What's the difference? Let's party. Because tomorrow is going to be Thursday. Who's ready? Who's with me? Ben, are you ready to party? Ben's always down. So what am I getting at? Point is, God changed my heart. Whenever I met Jesus, Jesus changed my heart towards New Year's. Instead of making these resolutions I don't follow through, it was more like prayers and declarations that literally when I was making these prayers, when I was giving time to Jesus, when I was giving, uh, allowing him to be around me into my presence, things began to shift and they weren't just these empty promises that I made at the beginning of the year, but real tangible things of his faithfulness that he would follow through throughout the year and even the years to come. Does that make sense? It's a lot of words. So let's jump in the scripture. Luke 24, verse 13. The Lord put on my heart to get back to basics. Last two years we bashed a car on this day, but the Lord told me not to bash a car this year. You can be disappointed, but I'm going to tell you right now, if I had done that, I would have been disobedient. It would have been fun. Would have been great, but it wasn't what I was supposed to do. And when it comes to walking with God, you got to do what you're supposed to do, what He wants you to do. And the Lord told me to talk about this verse tonight as we enter into 2023, Luke 24, 13 through 27. If you've got a Bible, break it out. If it's on your phone, close Snapchat, go ahead and swipe them all, get them closed, open your Bible app. Okay? If you don't have a who in here, has a physical Bible. Holy cow. Blessings, Lord, on all these people. It's okay. I'm gonna, hey, I'm going to try to run us through this as quick as we can, guys. Everybody say Luke 24. It says, That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognizing Jesus. God the Father, Jesus the Son, Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God, Holy Trinity. So Jesus is walking with these two guys, but they don't recognize him. Notice it says two followers. These guys know who Jesus is. They're two of his disciples, two of his followers. They know what he looks like, but God is not allowing them to see him. There are times that we don't recognize that Jesus is actually present with us. During worship, I sensed a shift in one of those songs. I sensed a shift, and some of you began to respond in worship. Some of you guys, other people were like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I'm just here. You know, anyway, point is, some of you guys sensed it. You picked up on it. The truth of the matter is, there are times that we don't recognize that Jesus is actually present with us. He is with you. He's with me. 
as sick as I was on that New Year's, the Lord was with me. I didn't personally know him then, but he knew me. Praise God I survived that day. We'll talk about pot roast later on. But ask yourself this. Jesus, are you, are you like Jesus, is, the, the thing is, do you really ask Jesus, is, are you really present with me? See, a lot of us, we like, okay, Jesus, I talk to you, I pray to you, I cry out to you, but I don't feel like you're there. Have you ever felt like Jesus is like he doesn't care or he's not there? Come on, let's be honest. This church can't lie. You're like, dude, God, do you hear me? God, do you hear my prayer? Do you see what's going on in my family? God, do you care? I've prayed. I've talked. I've went to church. I read the Bible. I've worshiped. Not all of you guys have done all those things, but you've probably done some of them. And you feel, notice you feel like God isn't there, like he doesn't care. Just because we feel it doesn't make it true. Just because we think it doesn't make it true. Could it be that Jesus is walking with you, talking with you, and you not know it? Is Jesus present with you? Or could it be you're not really present with Jesus? I'm going to say that again. You're blaming, putting the blame on Jesus. You don't care. You don't listen. You're not with me. Could it be that maybe, just maybe, instead of putting that blame on Jesus, because it's always easy to blame somebody else, could it be that you're not present with him? Some of you guys are in the room tonight for a variety of reasons. Do you really acknowledge, do you really sense the presence of Jesus? Or is it just, you're just here. And you're like, well, I don't feel him, it's not real, blah. Could it be that you're the one that's not present? Could it be the one that you're distracted? Could it be that you aren't open? See, the truth of the matter is, is the longer I've walked with God, the longer I've walked with God, I've realized, I've realized that just because I don't feel him, and don't get me wrong, I've felt God's tangible presence at camp in here, Pursuit Weekend, anybody? In our services on Wednesday and Sunday over there, I felt this presence in my car everywhere. But just because I don't have those goosebumps, just because I don't feel it, just because I don't necessarily hear his voice, and yes, you can hear the voice of God speak to you. Just because you don't hear, feel, touch God himself does not mean he's abandoned you and that he's not with you. Am I making sense? God the Father is with you, walking you through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And some of y'all are dating ugly. Just kidding. Let's make sure you're with me. And if you're dating ugly, you're convicted it's on you. It's not me. Just kidding. It's not really me. So here's the thing. So check it out. There are times we don't recognize Jesus is actually present. The key is the invitation. Jesus is waiting for you to invite him into your life. Jesus is waiting for you to invite him into the pain you're going through. Some people are sad and depressed coming out of 2022. My wife, my wife she called me out on it. She goes, Daryl, and we talked about this. Daryl, you used to get depressed around Christmas. True. All that hype, all that buildup, and then it's over. I don't have that problem anymore. New Year's, different story. But I don't have that problem with Christmas. But I used to get sad when Christmas is over because all that hype and buildup, and then it's just over. That's why people decorate right after, like in the middle of October for Christmas. They just love the whole vibe it gives. And if you do that, 
God bless you. I have a real tree, and it dies really quick. But the thing is, Jesus is waiting for you to invite him into your life, into your heart. By the way, your life and your heart are interconnected. Because the Bible says we guard our heart because out of it flow the issues of life. Your life and your heart are connected. And Jesus wants you to invite him into both. Have you invited Jesus into your daily choices? I'm a cheerleader. Is that really what you want, Jesus? Have you ever asked that? I'm not making you ask that, Camille. But it's like, is that really what you want? I was talking to somebody the other day, and he's convinced that he is going to be, he's supposed to be a pro running back. And I said, bro, don't hear what I'm not saying. But I said, could it be that you're in this season right now that you've been humbled? God has humbled you. And you've become to a place where you're low. But when you listen to him talk, he talks high, like he has it all together. He's Mr. Motivational Speaker. And I'm like, bro, I just want to encourage you. I'm not saying you're not called to be a motivational speaker. You're not called to be a running back. But could it be that God has a better plan for you that you didn't know about and you're resisting him? You haven't invited him into that. Jesus will not force himself on us, even though Jesus can. I am living proof that if I stayed on a certain path in my life, holy cow, if God did not intervene, I don't know what was going to happen. Some people have a crazy testimony where God intervened, rescued them from drug addiction and bondage and all kinds of things. He can intervene, but he doesn't want, he doesn't want to force himself on you, but he can. He's wanting you to invite him in. He's wanting you to say, hey, G hey Jesus, will you come into my life? I'm not necessarily asking what type of food i got to eat today, but if you've got an opinion, I'm open. Jesus, do you really want me to date this person? Do you really want me to take this job? Do you really want me to pursue this career? I'm talking to my high school students now. Invite him in. See, sometimes Jesus will intervene because that's how much he loves us. Sometimes God has to intervene. Because he loves us so much, he knows we're doing something stupid, he knows we're on the wrong road, and he's got to intervene because he loves you. He doesn't have to, he chooses to, because he's God and he's awesome and he loves us. Anybody ever been on the road to do something stupid? Don't raise your hand as a test. If you did, go ahead, it's okay. All of us have. Come on, guys, all of us have. So there's somebody, nope, not me. Okay. So, hey, guess what? Everybody say God's good. Jesus wants me to invite him in. Say, Jesus wants the invitation. Verse 17 says this. Jesus says, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short. Sadness written across their faces. And then one of them, and by the way, there's only one of them named. Could the other one be Luke? Maybe. We don't know. One of them, Cleopas replied, you must be. The only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here these last few days. And then he says, what things? Okay, I just want to introduce you to the idea that Jesus has a sense of humor. Jesus is walking with him. Jesus knows what's up. And he's like, do 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 He's following along. Hey, guys, what are y'all so sad about? Why are y'all so sad? They're like, have you, have you not heard of these things? And he's like... Tell me more. What things? Now, he didn't literally do that, guys. That's not how Jesus does things. But he's like, what things? See, Jesus has a sense of humor here. Can I just tell you, sometimes 
Jesus is going to tell you stuff, maybe even ask you a question that's going to make you laugh. He's going to call you out on something stupid. And you're going to laugh about it because Jesus is never surprised by those things. Jesus already knows. He's wanting them to invite him into the conversation. Invite me is all he's saying. Does that make sense? Stay with me. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God. And all the people, they didn't say it that way, that's how I say it. But our leading priests and our other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death. They crucified him. Everybody look at the cross. Jesus, naked, hands, nails in his hands and his feet, crown of thorns on his head, blood everywhere. That's him. They crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This happened three days ago. His resurrection just happened, okay? His, anyway, it says, Then some women from our group of followers were at his tomb this morning. They came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing. And they even saw angels who told them that Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone. Just as the women had said, Jesus said to them, you foolish people. Now, Jesus is changing. He's changing. He's, that conversation went from what things to you foolish people. I don't think he said it that way, but he's like, you foolish people. What are you thinking? He said, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer and go through all these things before entering into God's glory? Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining the scriptures concerning himself. Pastor Darrell, why does that matter? Jesus literally took time and exposed them to the script, the Moses, Ten Commandments, Levitical law, all the way back to Genesis 3, whenever Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. It was prophesied about Jesus in Genesis 3, and he goes all the way back, Genesis 22, Abraham and Isaac, Passover, Levitical sacrifices, tabernacle ceremonies, Day of Atonement, the serpent in the wilderness, the suffering servant. In Isaiah 53, where Jesus has prophesied that he would suffer for our sake. And then you have all the prophecies in Psalm 22 and 69. If you are a true, if you want to win a major prize, go back and learn all these scriptures and prove it to me, and I will hand you something. See, thing, Jesus exposed their sad hearts because of their unmet expectations. Have your expectations been unmet by God? Everybody acts like God's some genie on demand. G-O-D, he's a genie on demand. If I, make, if I rub him three times, I get three wishes. Bam! Will Smith pops out and all kinds of things happen. That's not how he works. He's not a genie. However, he is a good father and he does give good gifts to his children. But their unmet expectations, a.k.a. their unbelief, they didn't believe. I know people that say, Pastor Darrell, I've heard you talk. I've heard these leaders talk. I've heard preachers talk. I've read the Bible. I don't believe it. Jesus has zero to prove to you. Zero. He doesn't need to prove himself. Dude, there's over 5,500 manuscripts documenting his life, his death, and his resurrection. He's got paper, and I'm not talking money. That backs up documented sources. He doesn't have to prove anything. Jesus is saying, I want you to invite me into your life, your heart, your everything. Some of you have done that. 
Some of you did that a while ago, but you're far from him. You're not walking with Jesus like you were. It's hard. It's difficult. You don't look forward to worship. In fact, you dread it. You don't look forward to coming to Cayo except getting something at the cafe and hanging out with your friends, which, by the way, those things are good. But you don't look forward to it. Some of you in the room probably don't want to listen to what I'm saying. But what I'm offering you is something that will help you if you'll grab hold. And the fact of the matter is, some of you have even read the Bible and you're like, the reality is, is you don't really know Jesus. You don't really know Jesus. Not the true Jesus. See, some of you guys have been fed a misrepresentation of Jesus. Some, I love it when people, they love to tell me, well, this is who God is. This is what the Bible says. And I'm like, have you read it? Have you read the book? Well, uh, some guy I know told me X, Y, and Z. Or I saw this guy on TV preaching. You know what? There are people that misrepresent Jesus every day. Can I tell you what? It's not my fault that they misrepresented him. You got to stop holding that against them. See, when I read the Bible, I heard a pastor say once, we don't read what we believe, we believe what we read. See, I can read this Bible and say, well, I just disagree with what Romans 1 says, Pastor Darrell. I disagree with it. Guess what? Jesus has zero to prove. See, up until recently, this was considered, in many places, the Bible is still a historical document. It documents tons of history. Tons. Jesus doesn't have to prove anything to you. But he understands that you have questions. And he understands. And by the way, if someone misrepresented Jesus or God the Father or something and told you something whack and crazy, I'm sorry. But I'm going to be the first to tell you to not just listen to me, but to read it for yourself. I think you can trust me because I trust me. It's easy to trust myself. Thing is, though, you've got you to gotta do this yourself. See, some people talk about deconstruction. They didn't really deconstruct from their faith. I know people that have deconstructed. In fact, there was somebody I was really thinking about today that, that literally abandoned their faith because of an unmet, sad heart, unmet expectation, a.k.a. an unbelieving heart that didn't trust God. At the end of the day, they're like, God has to do it this way, and if he doesn't do it this way, I'm out. That is Aladdin. That is Will Smith Genie, and that is not God. If you read the word, you'll understand and see how God moves and works. Middle schoolers, if you're going to sleep on me, it's okay. I want you to hang with me. I don't think you are. I'm just making sure you're with me. Pastor Darrell, why does this matter? Simply put, Cayo. Why does this matter, Pastor Darrell? Simply put, Cayo. You haven't had that Cayo moment. Maybe you once did, but you squashed it and you got distracted. People and things that you put in place of God. People that you put in place of your faith, and you didn't even mean to. God's never mad at you for doing that. However, when you have the red flag, red flag, red flag, something's off, it's time for a change. It's time for a change. I, put, I committed in my heart. I said, God, I am making a change in 2023. I'll get into more on that in the coming weeks. What do you mean, Kyo moment? Luke 24, 28. And this, I want you to sit up straight. I want you to focus in. Most important. Carter already thinks he knows what he's hearing, but he needs to hear it again. 
By this time, hey, I'm just saying, stay with me. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus, and in the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he were going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. By the way, they didn't go out late because they got robbed. <laughs> okay? So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread, and he blessed it, broke it, gave it to them. And it says, suddenly their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us? as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us. These guys were sad, gloomy, and they didn't even recognize Jesus. The moment he talks to them about the scriptures, he goes all the way back to old school, to present day, and then he breaks bread with them, and suddenly it's a light bulb moment. This is Jesus. They had that revelation. They had that encounter. Some of you guys haven't had that encounter. But have you invited him in? Have you invited him to come in? He's not going to give you that revelation because you're so hard. -hearted. He can do whatever he wants. But he really wants you to invite him. He wants you to choose him. Real love gives you free choice and free will to choose. Real love doesn't force and possess and take control of. Didn't our hearts burn within us? As he talked with us on the road, Jesus hung out with us. He talked about the scriptures. He talked about the Bible. And it said our hearts began to stir and begin to burn and begin to, the one scripture translation says, it began to come alive. Fully, I'm on fire. Does that sound like you in your walk with Jesus? Does that sound like you? And some of you are in here, you're like, Pastor Darrell, I'm just getting introduced to this whole deal. Welcome. At the end of the day, spending time with Jesus will give you a burning heart, a fully alive heart, uh, on fire. And it's not just for him, it's to live. It's not just for Jesus, which is the best gift ever. But as you begin to, when's the last time you read this word? When's the last time you really gave Jesus intentional time? When's the last real time you invited him into what's going on? Jesus never meant for you to be sad. Jesus never meant for you to look at your phone because you feel alone and you don't know what else to do. Jesus didn't make you have to talk to people that you have to settle for because you can't find a good one. If you spend time with Jesus, you spend time in his word, your hearts will begin, begin to be stirred and burn and come alive and be on fire. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. And that's literally what Kyo means. Kyo comes from that exact segment of the scripture. Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked on the road and explained the scriptures? Those two guys were the saddest sack seven miles outside of Jerusalem. And Jesus came and they went from sad, gloomy, and depressed to fully alive and hearts on fire to live and to live for Jesus. And by the way, living for Jesus, Jesus doesn't make you a zombie. He has come to take your unique personality, gifting, and talents to bring glory to him. I'm going to tell you right now. One time I was speaking at a school, and I was, I, was just, I was speaking about Jesus at a school one time, and I remember God just put on my heart, this is what I'm meant to do. This is what you've called me to do. And in that moment, I wasn't really sure. But in that moment, God's like, this is what you're supposed to do. I don't know about you, but sometime in your life, you want that. And some of you already in the room already want that. You want to know how to get it. I'm going to tell you. 
you need to invite Jesus. You need to ask him to come in. You need to say, you can have my heart. You can have my life. I invite you into every part of me. I want my heart to burn. I want my heart to stir, and I want to be fully alive. There's no other way. It's Jesus. New year, new you, new joy, new life. It's Jesus. Invite Jesus in. Will you close your eyes and bow your heads? I'm going to change up our flow here, Tricia. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes. I want you to be honest. We're going to get to this in squads. We're going to make time. Leaders, I just want you to stay right exactly where you are. Does your heart burn? Did something said tonight, did being in the presence of God tonight, did it begin to stir your heart? Did it begin to burn? Is there something you feel prompted to? You're like, man, this invitation he's talking about, that's me. I need to do that. I want that. If that's you, every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, I extend this invitation if that's you. I'm going to tell you there's no other life to live. You want family? You want home? It's God. It's Jesus. He's saying, just invite me in. Stop running. Stop running. Some of you in the room, you've been hurt really bad, and I'm sorry. God, that's not God's heart, and the Lord's just, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, you're comforting those people that are just hurting right now. But if that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want you to lift your hand up real quickly. If that's you, something stirred you. One, thank you. Anybody else? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's see, two. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and there's a reason why I'm doing it. If you raise your hand, I want you to go to a leader in the back right now. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Nobody looking. Say, Pastor Darrell, that's me. That's me. I want you to go to a leader right now. They're going to pray with you. resist Jesus I thank you Jesus I'm inviting you to make yourself really known in this moment to every teenager in the room Lord if anybody in this room right now that they would have the courage just to get up and walk to the back nobody has to look at them and some of them really I think there's a couple that I think want to come up here and just pray at the altar the altar is a healing place. If you need healing, I want you to come up here to the altar. But if you want to say yes to that invitation, I want you to go straight to the back right now. 